Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nyers Talk. I'm John, driving by my brother Tim and my brother from another brother, Brian. Brother from another brother. Brother from another brother, yes. To, to I, quote the great <laughs> movie Clueless, this is California, <laughs> Kentucky. Yes, brother from another mother, Brian. Hi. Welcome to our inaugural podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a review, give us a like or subscribe. But, you know, how he's doing? Tim, how are we feeling today? Oh, uh, we're feeling good. We're feeling that it's Friday. We're feeling that training camp is just a month away. And we're feeling like football needs to get here soon because even with baseball, the Giants make a nice run right now. Feel like we're a little bit of a sports desert. Yeah, Brian, how you feel? It's right before the holiday weekend. I'm feeling good. It's hot out here in California today, but uh, yeah, surviving. Yeah, I had to say I'm feeling pretty good. It's you know, are you saying sharing a holiday weekend, Friday night? And uh, plus, we're going to talk about the matters. So today we are talking about the season. 2022 recap and our intro to the podcast, and really. This is going to start with how we became Niners fans. And Tim, we'll start off with you. How did you become a Niners fan? Well, I became a Niners fan. I just, by growing up in the right place at the right time, <laughs> growing up just north of San Francisco, a little town called Sausalito. One of my earliest memories, the 49ers in 1981, making their epic Cinderella run and, uh, you know, being in the living room with all the family and our tiny little television on the TV part that we used to be able to wheel around in the ears that we had to get just so, but watching the catch and the Super Bowl after that, it just, it's been year in, year out there. Constant Niner fanaticism. Yeah. And on a scale of one to 10, what is your fandom? Well, John, you need to give me a benchmark on what a 10 is. Is, is 10 that I watch every game or 10 is that, you know, I'm stalking George Kittle? I would say 10 is stalking George Kittle. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm like, going to give myself a seven. I'll give myself a seven. I don't know what George Kittle had for breakfast. I don't know what his girlfriend looks like, and I don't know his address. I, I certainly watched every game, every preseason game. I, I try to read up as much as I can on three camp, even the mini camps. So, you know, I'll give myself seven and a half. Uh, Plus, my basement is just, is actually, you know, decorated with nice paraphernalia. Uh, I would actually also say that George Kittle is married. He does not have a girlfriend. We do not want to cause rumors where there are that's, that's why I'm a seven and a half. If I was an eight, I would have known that. You're more nine and a half, but that's just not here nor there. <laughs> Brian, how'd you become a Niners fan? Let's see. My dad moved here from, from Asia in the late sixties. And then he was just telling me about the Niners being a constant doormat in the seventies to the, to the Cowboys. And I guess when they got really good, as Tim was saying in the, in the early eighties, that's when I think everybody in the Bay area jumped on the bandwagon. So I've been a 49ers fan ever since. I think the first game that I honestly remember watching on TV was probably the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Was that the 81-82 season? Um, that's the first game I honestly remember watching. But then after that, it was so easy. I think anyone living in the Bay Area to to want to follow the 49ers. I know they won, what, their five Super Bowls in, in the span of, what, 15 years? So, yeah, it was a great experience and great time. So that's how I became a fan. And, uh, yeah been fans ever since. And what would you say your level of fandom is? Well, it's got to be below 10 because I've definitely not, I, if we're going to say Tim's a seven and a half, then that means. Yeah, Tim's, Tim's, not a seven. Tim's a nine and a half. Come on. I'm a conservative. My estimate was conservative. Okay. So you don't want to show your, one hard. You don't show your If I was to rate you, Tim, you'd be a 10 because you know almost everything and anything that it has to do with the Niners. And I've seen your basement. So, you know, thanks. I, I don't get out a lot. I don't meet other people. Really, I probably should, you know, get another hobby. But, you know, I appreciate you saying that. 
I would say my fandom is probably closer to an eight. We put Tim at a 10 because that's what I believe he is. I would probably be an eight. Although, you know, I do have season tickets to the Niners. So, but I only go, honestly, maybe two games a year and probably two games on the road a year. So I'm not, I don't go that often. But yeah, I would probably rate myself an eight, John. Well, for me, I mean, obviously my brother and I grew up in the same household. So we definitely started becoming fans at the same time. But for me, where it really kind of struck home uh, was when we found out that there was this thing called the Junior 49er Minor Club. And if you went to this place in San Francisco at a certain day and a certain time, they had these boosters, like, folks, and you got free tickets to the Niners game. So we went, we got our free passes, and then we go to the game, and it's against the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't, Tim might remember this better than I, I knew. It was the first time they had beaten the Rams in, like, forever, or the first time they beat them two times in a row, or something like so, that. So to test my level 10 of fandom, John, in 1981, the 49ers beat the Rams for the first time in nine tries. And it was the first time, I believe, since 1965 that they swept them in the in their season. So so there you are. But well, no, please go. go on with the tickets because there's so, a good story behind the tickets. So we get Which, we get to So we get these free tickets and we get to Candlestick Park. And I'd have never been to, to Candlestick Park other than a baseball game and the baseball game, there's good seats everywhere. I mean, you couldn't, at Candlestick, it was a big bowl. You couldn't not see the field. So I get, we get there. And what I didn't realize was at Candlestick, they had this thing that went out towards the 50, like these portable stands, these they just used temp- portable stands that came out, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah of, of the thing. And our tickets for in the corner by the portable stand. So we could only see to like the 20 yard line on one side. Everything else was blocked. They were like, oh. Yeah. We had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I mean, this was before the Jumbotron. Yeah. So the only thing you, you, you knew that if the crowd yelled, something good happened. Yeah. Or somebody, you know, would have one of their radios and they'd say, oh yeah, the radios did this, the four hours did that. You're like, great. Which would have seen it? It was like, oh, like, these, this is why these tickets are free because they're whole. Yeah, this is when I right, but but the Niners play the Rams. I get really tired. We saw a touchdown. I was right in front of us. I was eight. Tim was six. But it was it was it was the feeling was awesome. Like you know, Candlestick had that that unique smell. And it's only Candlestick, like stale hot dogs and beer and, and molded shell yeah exactly and, yeah but yeah it was great and then they, the last play of the game was also right in front of us as well i mean it was either so you probably remember this better than i do the rams were driving and the niners defense broke up the last play which i think is what it was but i remember the rams were like kind of bummed would you, would oh. you like me to tell you how it ended? Yes. There you, you go. Do you, did, do you just remember this? Do you just remember this from memory? Or is this like, where is this coming from? Some of it from memory and some going back and, or, you know, reach way too many 40 dollars books. What am I saying? It's no such thing. Um, <laughs> also, with the magic of YouTube, you can find the game. And what had happened was, there's two things that happened. One was that the day, maybe two days or about one day before, the Rolling Stones had played a concert at Candlestick. And the field was in terrible shape from the concert. I guess people just ripping up the turf. So I think the kicker was, it might've been Frank Corral. I don't remember the, you know, the kicker's name, but he had a chance to tie it at the end. And the field around where the infield was, where they would start over on the, I think it was the south end of the stadium. The sodding was so bad that Corral just could not get the kicker. Rams kicker could not get solid footing and he missed the field goal that would have sent the game in overtime. And. 49ers win. And it was also a great game by Fred Dean. Um, you know, he had his coming out a game against the Cowboys a couple of weeks plus more. But I go back and watch the highlights and you just saw what a dominant force he was. I know we're getting into the week blow on 49er trivia, but yes, I do remember yeah. the terrible seats that you couldn't see past the 40 yard line and, and then the, the missed field goal. Yeah, apparently Fred so, Dean was at the game, but we didn't actually see it. 
So anyway, yeah, and that's how I became a 49ers fan. Yeah, if you, if you if you go look on the like on the internet and just see the old configuration of the stadium, it was it was terrible. I I just kind of remember that you're right. They did share the baseball stadium with the Giants, mm -hmm. so it the the all the sight lines were off. You you did. I remember seeing those portable grandstands come out, and uh, yeah, you guys had the worst of it. I, I oh, it was imagine. they were horrible. It was like so was, bad. Anyway. But that was my very first Niners game. The very first time I, I was became a real fan. And and then I would say my fandom is about a nine. It's wavered over the years during like the dark ages before Harbaugh came back. It was down in the threes. Like, I'm like, I don't even know what the, they're doing. But, you know, it's now up to a nine because the other Niners are good. So let me, let me ask you guys one like, thing. Let me ask you guys mm -hmm. one more thing. Yeah. So did, were both your parents Niners fans? Like, were they like diehards where they had to, you know, watch the routine My mother was on more, Sundays? Yeah. Our mother was more of a you know, football fan growing up in Columbus, Ohio. She had watched Ohio State football and Woody Hayes. So she came out with a yeah. I understand the other game. Uh, my father was much more baseball fan. But it was still watch the 49ers. But I, you know, growing up, we would do uh, a couple of, we, we'd always have, uh, you know, being a Catholic, you know, we'd always have, you know, church on, you know, Sunday morning. But when Sunday, when mass ended, we would come home and we would have this huge spread of food for the 49ers game. And that just became a thing. It was, it was just a Sunday, Sunday ritual. And the fact that the 49ers were so successful, just a lot of wonderful memories uh, all through the 80s of uh, Sunday afternoons in front of the television. That's funny. Like my dad was like the first 49ers fan in our household. And that's how me and my brother became Niners fans. And then it's now since integrated to my mom, who was a big time Niners fan too. So she'll religiously watch every game. You know, she'll walk around. She has little superstitions of where she'll be or where she'll stand when she's watching this game or what she's holding, you know? And I think it's only you know, weird if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to a nice look. Think of how Niners talk actually started between the three of us. So, Jim, do you want to do you want to tell us story? <laughs> yeah, I think like you, Johnny, and we followed the Niners and we followed them through the Nothing Beat, followed them through the dark years of Dennis Erickson and then Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary, and it was just. Uh, I think the two things were were kind of tough for me to keep following. It was one is now I live on the East Coast and. Uh, I just wasn't in a position to be able to see the games until I was able to get Sunday ticket. So I kind of, you know, dropped off. I had to kind of follow them through the internet and so forth. But when Harbaugh, when Jim Harbaugh became head coach and they had their run in 2011, kind of with, uh, they made the way against the championship game, they played the New York Giants in the regular season and it was a nationally broadcast game and I was at home and it just had a sense, a seal, that game just had a feel to it that I'll call it a vibe that I had not been part of in so many years. It was an October game at Candlesticks. The shadows of the stadium were coming across the field. It was a tight game, but it was an exciting game. And it was just the 49ers were trying to establish themselves against, you know, the Niners, or excuse me, against the Giants who were a juggernaut in. The three of us just started texting during that part. And that eventually became Niners talk. And here we are 12 years later, still talking about the Niners now, you know, making trips to various stadiums uh, to see them. And it's just a great thing from, you know, every, every game to the draft to the playoffs and, and here we are now doing a podcast. So I think probably yeah. John, uh, <laughs> like Tim was like texting me separately. And then Tim was probably texting you separately. And then it kind of just merged together where, well, you know, we're all talking about the same thing. We're all griping or loving the same thing. So let's put it all together in one little chat. And that's how it got started. So. Yeah. I was actually in Miami watching the game. I was in a hotel because I had a meeting the next day. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'll throw on the Niners Giants game. Niners were actually had a pretty decent winning record. And I kind of noticed them because they had beaten the Lions before. Well, I was supposed to be pretty good, but I remember Harbaugh coming off the field, like laughing the, the Lions coach, the Lions coach 
took issue with it. I'm like, I don't like this Harbaugh guy. And then with the Giants, I'm like, wow, this is a good football team. And then D was playing awesome. And Patrick Willis was all over the place. And it was just, it was like back to fun football. And of course, that season just became magical because we didn't expect anything out of it. And, you know, they beat the Saints. They go to the NFC Championship game. And yeah, and then they go to the Super Bowl next year. So that's really, I think, how Niners Talk started. One thing that my brother and I do every now and again, which we're also going to do on this podcast, is we have this little say that we say to each other. Like, hey, Tim Niners, Niners. And do you want to tell that or or is it I? Yeah, what that (laughs) comes from is Robert Williams had this bit that he did live from Rainbow Room in San Francisco when he did this whole thing where he showed the Niners that and the entire girl's like, no, and he's like, well, that's that deep. And everybody loves the 49ers, but he does this get where it's like, you don't remember the Niners are bad, you know, quarterback with like, well, I can be right. So that's where Niners come to Niners, Brian. What, what was it he also said? I think he, one of his also bets was, you know, we used to have a quarterback who'd go into the center and go, why haven't you called me? <laughs> so anyway, Niners, Jim, Niners, Brian. So we should probably talk about 2022. So overall thoughts on 2022 season, Brian? Successful season in the fact they navigated their way and they made it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they, they I don't, I remember correctly, they didn't start off too well. They were probably, what, a game under 500 or something. But, you know, they came through and they did have a couple of changes in quarterback from Trey Lance going down to Jimmy G going down to Brock Purdy. So I think overall a pretty successful season. You know, obviously in the Bay Area here, the, the expectation is always quest for six. So, you know, they had that 10 years ago. And they just feel like it's been unfinished business ever since Harbaugh came. And, um, yeah. you know, maybe it was this year. This I, I think we all thought this was the year. 2022 was the year. And it just didn't happen. So, I mean, overall, a successful season, if I have to look at it from a, from a bird's eye point of view, that we did, we did pretty good. We saw some really great games. Niners pulled out some great victories. But it just didn't come through in the end. And, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the NFC Championship game. But I think overall successful and the fact that you know they made it as far as they did but you know let's see what happens again in 23. Joe what were your thoughts on the 2022 season? If I were to summarize 2022 49ers I think the title would be next man up. The Niners and I think this speaks to their organization they were very high on Trey Lance coming in and of course he gets injured in week two Jimmy G comes in he plays until the Dolphins game, he gets her. And then Brock Purdy comes in and he has a run. So I was just, you know, when I was walking them weekend and week out and they get into the playoffs, was how long can they sustain this? I mean, are we going to see Brock Purdy exposed as the rookie, as Mr. Irrelevant? But unfortunately, you know, the Niners just frankly just ran out of quarterbacks. But it just, I was pretty taken with how they could bring players in like a Brock Purdy or how Jimmy G can come in having literally no training camp, no preseason and come in and perform. And then also bring in someone like Christian McCaffrey, who, yeah, it takes a couple of weeks for him, but all of a sudden, you know, we get into the, the Graham game that they played down uh, at SoFi Stadium and, and he throws for a touchdown. He runs for a touchdown. He catches it and all of a sudden, how fast he gels. And so I think that speaks a lot to the organization. Uh, you know, ultimately they fell short against the Eagles, but I think it just shows, you know, the Niners have a lot of firepower. But I think the overall culture in that organization comes from the tap down. And I think that's why the Niners are going to continue to be successful for the future. Yeah. I mean, for me, the 2022 season was fairly successful and you compare it to the 21 season, which was such a roller coaster. You know, we were up, we were down. You know, it was like, it was just crazy. But this season, start off a little on the slow side, but then, I mean, they just went on such a run at the end. They looked so dominant. And, you know, you just go and you think, okay, well, 
they had some bad luck in the NFC championship and they just, they just don't get there. So, you know, all in all, fairly successful season. You just can't argue with the last three, three out of four years in the NFC championship. And once they're in the Super Bowl, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Cleveland hasn't been the AFC championship for, I don't know. I think I was, I think it was Jan- January of 88, I think was the last time. No, bigger part. Yeah. January of 1990. Oh, when, when Elway broke them. <laughs> uh, no, that was, uh, that was, uh, no, that, that was, uh, here, here we go with useless trivia again. Uh, no, the drive was January of 87 and then there was the fumble, which was January of 89. And then they played, well, I, actually, no, uh, big party. It was, uh, no, I'm getting my gears that mixed up. 87 was the drive. 88 was the fumble, knocking defeat. They played the again and the Browns and the Broncos played each other again. In uh, January of 1990, the Broncos won, but then they got their hides kicked by the 49ers in Super Bowl 24. Anyway, uh, yeah, Cleveland. Uh, so, yeah, go to, going to your point is like, take Chris Tom Cleveland Browns in history. No, I, I absolutely right. Obviously, you know, we all would have loved at the uh, State Super Bowl, but yeah, the, the 49ers, the year in the uh, with the exception of 2020, they've been contenders. Yeah. So, Jimmy, do you have a favorite game from? From 2022? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, it was week 15. It was a Thursday night, uh, game against the, the Seahawks in Seattle. And I think favorite game because in Seattle, the Fort, obviously, you know, Seahawks rivalry. The Irish have had not much success. So the last 10, 12 years in Seattle, Brock Purdy goes in, performs very well. He had George Kittle. I think he had two touchdown passes to Kittle. But we found out later he was really playing hurt. And I felt that that established himself as not only somebody who can perform when they're in a lot of discomfort, but perform in a very tough place to play. So I think with that idea, I'll circle the Seahawks game as one of my favorite games. Brian, what about you? I'm looking through the schedule here. I, you know, there's so many to choose from. I think for me, I'm going to say... The October 30 game against the Rams at, at SoFi Stadium. So he, I think they, they beat him then 31 to 14. So I think that was the start of that, of that winning streak. So um, remember like the week before they just got destroyed at home by, by the Chiefs. Yeah. And week eight, uh, they go to LA where they've been, you know, pretty good as of late. And that's the start of that winning streak and they beat him 31 to 14. So. That to me is one of, I think one of the turnaround games of the season where he just played really well. And that was the game, I think, where they got a CMC, right? Where he threw. Yeah, he said, uh, that's where, yeah, that was his kind of coming out. He, he played against the Chiefs, but, you know, he was only in four, yeah. you know, this, this or that. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously he wasn't, which Patrick Mahomes went Patrick Mahomes. So anyway. Yeah. Well, for me, my favorite game was when they went to Mexico City for a, away game against the Arizona Cardinals and it was anything but I mean it was basically a home game for the Niners I think Enders shit obliterated the poor Arizona Cardinals I mean it was just it was so bad I'm cutting you I I know I'm cutting in here John one of my favorite moments was you know George George Kittle you know has there was there was a Mexican wrestler George Kittle, you know, says, well, you know, when I, when I get a first down and I do that little move where he kind of points, he's like, no, I got it from this wrestler in Mexico. And in the pregames, he runs over, gives the guy a big hug. The guy gives Kittle a wrestling mat. And it just, it just should have felt at that point. I think this game's already won. Yeah. I I think Kittle had two touchdowns that night, right? I think so. You know, I know he didn't yeah. want it. I remember it was water too. But. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was just like, they were just going up and down the field. It was, it was just one of those, wow, this is a fun game to watch. It's not stressful at all. If, if I remember which that was a Monday night game. Yeah. 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 Uh, which leads me to our next thing, which was the most stressful game. And for me, my most stressful game was actually the one I saw in person, which was in Vegas with my brother. And we're down, we had pretty decent seats off of the 20, probably about halfway up in the club section. And so we can see just about everything, but we were surrounded by Raiders fans. 
And it was such a back and forth game. It went into overtime. And of course we had to wait for Robbie Gould to kick a field goal. But yeah, that was the most stressful one because it was just, we were there in person and the Raiders were playing it like their Super Bowl. And Jerry Stidham had a great game, but the Dyers ended up pulling it out. But, and what a game. Monte Adams went not. Oh, yeah. It, it, I still don't think it was a catch, but it was, he was amazing that game. So, so Tim, what about you? Most stressful game? Most stressful game, I'm going to, since you said the Raiders game, I'm going to go to the divisional playoff against the Cowboys. They had two very good teams that were evenly matched. Dak Prescott, you know, mobile quarterbacks have given the 49ers fits for years, and Dak was no exception. He had multiple chances to get that. He had, they, the Cowboys had multiple chances to either take the lead or really push the game into maybe even overtime, but the 49er defense kept standing up and standing up. But Cowboy defense, I thought Micah Parsons played probably the best game of his, of his of the year going against Clinchy. Mm. And it was a hard-fought game that... Even when the Cowboys had the ball on their own, I think, enter something, with only a few seven minutes left, I kept thinking, this game's not over. This game is only going to be over when the clock hits zero. They cried with that, this really brings the uh, play at the end where they spread the entire field and 49ers ended up pulling it out. But that, to me, was the most stressful game because I, I just think it was such a tight game between two very evenly matched football teams. Yeah. Brian? Um, let's see, since you guys picked those games, I'm going to go with a loss as the most stressful game. And I, I know this was a game that you guys went to, but it, this is the, the game after Trey Lance got hurt. So week three at Denver, he, um, that was a game, I think where every 49ers fan expected the Niners to win. And, yep. you know, with all the firepower at that time, no CMC yet, but that was a game you just thought they were going to win and they were just going to come out and just and destroy the Broncos. But it was anything but, I think they had a seven-point lead in the beginning with a touchdown. And then just right after that, it's just, it felt like Jimmy G couldn't get the offense going. And I just, if I remember correctly, wasn't there like a safety or something or like some... Um, it was, was, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, the, the final score was a so gives you an idea of what kind of game it was. Yeah. So my brother and I, you know, my aunt lives in right outside Denver. And she, when the schedule came out, she said, you guys should come out for the game. I have tickets. I'll give them to you. You can stay at our house. Just, just get to us. Like, we're like, all right. So Tim was kind enough to cash in some miles and gets two tickets on United. And we're about two weeks out. And my aunt says, or are you guys going to sit? I'm like, <laughs> What do you mean? Well, well, I'm going to the game. Like, and, uh, well, it, it, with all due respect, she is in her 80s. She <laughs> might be listening to this. So, um, <laughs> so let, let's just be nice and just say, hey, you know, we, we're both employed. We can afford to buy our own tickets. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was a little like, oh, okay. That's a change in the itinerary. Okay. Well, so, down, but Tim and, I ended up, Tim and I ended up getting great seats underneath the 49ers coaching box and just to the left of Greg Papa, who we got a picture with. And I think was happy that somebody recognized him. Like, hey, there's Greg Papa. Stan, Fred. This guy looked to be like, okay. It's, um, but we're, we're, for those who don't know who Greg Papa is, who's Greg Papa? Greg Papa is the radio play-by-play guy for uh, KNBR. So, but we were right underneath the 49ers coaching box. And I wanted to put up a sign and put it on the window that just said, call the right play. And my brother's like, don't you dare. And to this day, I think if I had done that, we would have won. I think to this day, John, if you had actually done that, I would have called security and said they're affecting If he's affecting the game plan, I would have completely sold you out as my brother, saying he's affecting the game plan, you need to get him out of here. John, I'll meet you at the car. Um... Yeah, so that brings us to the least, that, my least by the favorite way, game. That alone puts me at a 9.5 for my 49ers fan <laughs> that I would sell on my brother to not affect the offensive game plan. Sure. You might have actually gone to 11 on that one. So, so you need that a little bit more. So, yeah, for me, uh, the Niners' least favorite game 
was the one where it just put me into the most foul move. And that's when they lost to the Falcons because they had lost Emmanuel Mosley for the season, kind of inconsequential play in Carolina. They come out one of the few times they've ever come out flat. They just never looked in the game. They had turnovers. It was just, they just like, like they're coming off of a road trip. They just like bad. And I was like, what are you guys doing? It was just like, um, and it was just one of the, like, you know, get through Monday, listen to the, here's the catch podcast during my run reset. And I forgot who we played, uh, next. We played the chase. Oh, well, that didn't really help my mood either, but that was my, <laughs> my least, my least favorite. Well, here's what happened with the chiefs. We got Christopher McCaffrey, so my mood definitely improved from there. So, Brian, did you have a least favorite game from last year? Well, I mean, it's easy to say the NFC Championship team, but I was actually going to say the Chiefs because we talked about the Broncos. We talked about, now you just talked about the Falcons. I was going to say the Chiefs because the expectation was when they traded for Stanisee that week, okay, we have the horses to compete with Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey. And then you, you thought it was going to be a better game. You thought it was going to be, or I thought it was going to be a better game. Thought it'd be more competitive. And I think it was probably for the first half, if I remember correctly. But then Mahomes just turned it on in the second half and just killed us. Killed us. So, yeah, that was my, that was yeah. my also least favorite game. And so? Well, I, I know Brian just mentioned it, but I got to go NFC Championship. And, you know, not so much that the 49ers lost was that... When Purdy went down and Josh Johnson comes in, he's like, okay, well, maybe they could be the defense can just play lights out and Johnson can do some couple of scoring plays. But when Johnson went out and Purdy went back in and, you were, and I watched it just thinking, we have no chance to win. And when you're watching the game like that, at, you know, at that, at, at, as far into the season as you were, but the chance to go to the Super Bowl and not feel that the 49ers just had could even take a shot that was just it, it just was just uh, it just and honestly my my soul it just felt like it had been sucked out just because it's like yeah. it's like a baseball game it's like try to go win oh by the way you're start your right fielders are starting pitcher so you just yeah you know, we just they, they really had no chance to win and nothing against the eagles the eagles are you know a fantastic ball club you know they they gave it the chiefs everything they could handle in the super bowl I just would have loved to have come out and say, all right, the Eagles beat us. I'd, I'd rather it just been, you know, the Niners giving their all, the, the Eagles giving their all. And, you know, by the third quarter, you just like, yeah, that's it. That's the season. Yeah, there was, there was definitely a letdown. So I remember um, in that game, but I remember, I remember in that game, they had that, if we're going to talk about that game, the, that, the, the play that was not ruled to catch, or that was ruled to catch. Like, I think we write in the, in the mm -hmm. first, um, first series of the game from Philly. What do you guys think? series? Yeah. Yeah, the first series. So, I mean, that's the um, one that every 49ers fan is going to hang their hat on. Yeah, but you, you could say that. I mean, yeah, I, I think Shannon should have thrown the flag. I think some people from, you know, upstairs in the coaching booth should closely and buzz down to Shannon and say, hey, throw this, challenge this. But that didn't happen. But that's not the reason the 49ers lost. I mean, the 49ers lost is because the Eagles made more plays than they did. We didn't have a quarterback. So it's just, that is what it is. So I, I need to be, yeah. I don't want to be the guy who's going to say, hey, one play would have decided. We don't. We'll never know. Yeah. So, but I think, Tim, one, one, I know one game was memorable, which was the Dolphins game. <laughs> Why was it so memorable, Tim? Because the uh, bride obviously came. Well, okay, fine. So good. So for those who live outside the barrier, such as myself and my brother, we have to just subscribe to NFL Sunday Ticket, which is now on YouTube and not on uh, Direct TV anymore. But anyway, so I'm watching the Dolphins game. And, you know, Jimmy, I'm I'm always very I'm a little uptight when I watch the 49ers as Brian's job. Are you fake? Uh, oh, yes, my, and, and I'm on record in saying this, I have shown them my breast levels from my smartwatch to, through my app and you see them skyrocket during the 49ers games, just the time, along with my heart rate. So 
But, yes, there is an emotional attachment to the 49ers. But anyway, so the 49ers, the Dolphins, they're going back and forth. And of course, Garoppolo get it, gets injured. And I immediately jump on Twitter. You know, what is Niners Nation saying? What is the athletics saying? What is, what is anybody saying? And every day is just like, it looks bad. They call not good. His season's over. And, you know, at this point, we'd already lost a quarterback. We lost Trey Lance. So who the hell is Brock Party? And I just lost it. I just, I, and I, I'm, I'm done. I'm not watching this team anymore. And I've only done that, you know, maybe 20 or 50 times in <laughs> my lifetime of being a 49er fan of saying, I'll never watch this team again. So I turned the game off and I went into another part of my house, which was the shades were drawn. It was very dark and it's December in Virginia. So it's cold and gray and everything just, just reflected my mood. So I sat there for about 10, 15 minutes and all right, I'll check to see what's going on in the game. So I pulled out my smartphones, get on ESPN, and I go to ESPN Gamecast, and I see, all right, well, Niners are making a game of it. All right, well, Niners out the lead. All right, Niners got a turnover. So one would think that at this point, I would get up out of this very dark, somber room and go in and turn the game back on with NFL Sunday ticket, which costs around $350 or something to that effect. No, I decided to stay in this darkened room, I guess, because I felt like I needed to have my mood reflected even more so. And I just kept refreshing Gamecast for over two and a half hours. And they won. And so there you go. <laughs> But weird I, will, I will say this, the next game, I didn't put on GameCast. I did actually watch the next game on Sunday Ticket. But, you know, if you're looking for a return on investment on Sunday Ticket, I am probably not the case study to, to be, you know, to exemplify that. And just so you know, from, from my own personal um, recollection, I think the Niners are undefeated when Tim has given up on them. Because I can think of the Bengals <laughs> last year, the Miami Dolphins this year. Anyway, but moving on, one of the things we're going to do each week is talk about good shit and bad shit. And we're always going to, as optimists, going to talk good shit first. And really, the big one for me is obviously CMC. You know, I have always been a fan. He went to Stanford. He was awesome when he was playing for the Panthers. We played him twice when he was with the Panthers. And he was great, you know, both, both times. The Panthers were just horrible. So I remember it was about 11 o'clock at night. Maybe it was a Wednesday. And I was looking at Bleacher Report to see what had happened. And I was looking to see if anybody had written something on The Athletic. Because the Niners article started to come out pretty frequently. And all of a sudden, it was breaking news. Niners trade for CMC. Like, what? I get on the text string with you guys. And Tim had already gone to sleep. And Brian was, of course, was still up because he's in the West Coast. I'm like, Holy shit, we got CMC, but he was, he really was all that he was cracked up to be or still is. And I remember, you know, obviously the game with the Rams, but really where I thought he is really something special was, and we watched him against the Raiders was how patient he was running through some of these holes and you could see how patient he was and it all of a sudden just explodes through. And look, he is just a survivor. I don't know how if Bobby, he helped him at all, but he really was, for me, was one of the biggest high points of the season. Brian, what about you? Some good shit from 2022? Ooh, I would have to say Brock Purdy. He was someone we did not expect to produce for the Niners. And then, you know, obviously with Jimmy and Trey Lance going down and he showed wonders. He was able to get the ball to the receivers, and it looks like he's he's made a pretty good connection with um, with Kittle. So yeah, that was yeah. that was probably yeah that was some good shit this year. Like he did he really gelled really well with the team, and he showed and he's proven himself to be a leader and a you know play caller, and he's led them in, in games. So you know I think he's the team's given him a lot of respect, and that's kind of one of the reasons why if he's healthy, he'll be at the starter. Yeah, Tim. I got to go Nick Bosa and I got to pinpoint one. If 
one play in particular. It was week 12 against the Saints. Niners are up 13 nothing. There's about four minutes left. It's fourth down. And Bosa comes in for the sack. But that's not really the crux of the play. It's just how Bosa anticipated the snap. So when the play actually happened, I thought he was offside. The announcer thought he was offside. But when you go back and look at the replay, he anticipates the snap so well and is so fast off the ball that the tackle, the left tackle, had no chance. Bosa comes around, makes the sack, and the 49ers win 13-0. That just, that play just epitomizes what a talent Nick Bosa is. Yeah, I mean, and again, obviously, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, hopefully there's a bookend this year that, that brings in, uh, gets him out. I mean, obviously, with Hargrave joining us, it's going to be also big. But that gets into more of next year in the defense. For, for also, for me, on the good, good shit is, is the offensive line. You know, last year around this time, the big concern was Alex Wagner retired. Lincoln Tomlinson had gone to the Jets. Aaron Banks was a mystery. And, you know, we, Berkshire, I was, um, Brunskill, you know, was, was in right guard. And then I actually ended up being a strength. You've always got Trent Williams, but Alex, uh, you know, Aaron Banks played, played really well. Jake Brendel was an all pro alternate and between Spurford and, and Brunskill had a really solid offensive line that was able to, for the most part, protect the quarterback and obviously provide a lot of running room for CMC and, and Jordan Mason and Elijah and, and Juice. So yeah, I, I think the offensive line was really just uh, some really good stuff that happened. Tim, anything else that they comes up with? Want some good shit? Well, I just, I think I, I've already said, I think just the perseverance of the 49ers, the, um, you know, the, I mean, how many teams, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team in NFL history that has gone through three quarterbacks and reached the NFC championship. Yeah. So I think that alone just says, Hey, this is a system that works. Has it achieved, you know, the, the ultimate at the Super Bowl? No, but. This is a team that can continue to put itself in position to achieve that. And that's all you can ask for is an opportunity. Yeah. I'm also going to put another piece of good shit out there, which is Brian Greasy, you know, to your point of the three quarterbacks, mm -hmm. you know, I, do you get there with the three quarterbacks without a really good quarterbacks coach like Greasy? I mean, I didn't think much of the hire, but he did great. So Brian, any other good shit from last year? Well, they did have a 12-game winning streak, so that was pretty impressive. You know, mm -hmm. after the Chiefs game, they won the last eight regular season games, and then they won the first two playoff games. So that's pretty good. So yeah, um, I have to say that was it. Well, I think Actually, John, I'll, I'll throw one more in there. You, you said about, you know, some good stuff. Well, when you've got colleagues you work with who are Cowboys fans, and you come in <laughs> on Monday, January 23rd, and you see him in the office. And the one thing that just comes in your mind is rut. Just <laughs> rut. You don't even need to say a word. Just rut. You know, the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl next year, right? Oh, I know the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, there's always two sides of the coin, so we got to talk some bad shit. And for me, it was the first game of the season, the monsoon in Chicago. And it was like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, it, they just looked a little bit off. Dre Greenlaw had, I don't know how many times he knocked somebody out of bounds and threw a flag. We were trying Debo to Trey Lance, Debo fumble, Trey Lance experiment of running between tackles, which didn't really do so hot. And of course, Justin Fields just finds Dante Pettis all by himself in the rainstorm. It was just like, this game is just not happening for us. And like I do every year, I go down to my brothers and let's just say it was not a happy mood. That shouldn't caption. So, so Brian, any bad shit on your radar? Well, we talked about the playoff loss, so that would probably be the, the biggest doo-doo on, on the, on the season for me, but you know, I, I don't, 
that that would that's it. I mean, you know, like if 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 I was to just, I mean, I know there were some really good wins and some really awesome plays, and you know, we brought in McCaffrey and we have Kittle, but to me, I think I'm still just going to linger on the fact that we lost the NFC Championship game. Well, we probably could have won it as long as we had two quarterbacks, but that's my that's my bad shit for uh, for the 22 season. And Tim, you want to round out the. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the NFC Championship. We've talked about the, you know, the quarterbacks going down. I'm going to go with somebody I had really a lot of high hopes for in 2022. It just did not work out, unfortunately. And that's Javon Kinlaw. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, after his surgery and his rehab, that he was going to be able to come back and really be a force in the middle. And we saw some flashes against in week one against the Bears, but it just never came together. It, you thought very much so against the championship. He was just really not able to hold his ground and he was getting moved around quite a bit. I know he's a good guy. I know he's been through a lot. He's been trying to rehab it, but it just did not come together. So I don't see him staying with the Niners. I, I do hope that, you know, whatever the next counter for him is that he is successful. Yeah. I also wanted to do well just to show up great tone. Well, you said yeah. it, but I didn't. But yeah, I was right there with you. I really wanted to see him just to, you know, just to say, yeah, in your style. But anyway, that, that brings us to kind of the end. And one thing we do every week is we talk about uh, stuff we bought on Amazon because it's sponsored by stuff we bought on Amazon when you, when you click one of the links below. So this week, what did we buy on Amazon? So for me, we bought more gibbets for Crocs. So I have two little girls. We're in the summertime now. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's little, it's little doodads that you stick into the holes of Crocs that make them more unique. That's it. I'm sorry. You do like a rainbow or like a Disney, a Disney character. Princesses. Yeah. So we bought gibbets. I think, yeah. (laughs) We're brought to you by gibbets which will soon be in a landfill somewhere in Eastern Pennsylvania. So, Tim. Oh, well, this week is brought to you by Tesla Model 3 air filters. Because <laughs> when you want your inside of your Tesla smelling good and not from mold, you need to get a new Tesla Model 3 air filter. And that's all it's I Okay, <laughs> Does it smell better? <laughs> It does. It does. Now it's not the new car smell, but it is the neutral smell. There you go. It is not the, I left these shoes smelling. I I left a pair of shoes out in the rain all night kind of smell that I had previously to the, you know, to the air filter, but it's a good smell. That's good. Neutral's fine. On that note. Yes. Let's go to, let's go to Brian. (laughs) All right. Well, as you know, I do have a, and speaking of hygiene and keeping things clean, I do have a teenage son. So I did buy him. It's for shaving kit from Amazon. Harry's sponsored by Harry's <laughs> razors. Uh, yeah. Shaving cream and aftershave. So that is on the way. Nice. Does he have like, like four, like four whiskers where he's like, I get that one today. Yeah. I get that one today. Bobby, you guys, you guys all remember. It looks like, you know, a little hair down below, uh, growing on your chin. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> looks like an armpit hair. So, uh, good. Yeah, well, all right. What am I going to have to go to? <laughs> After a while. That takes time. All right. Well, Niners Nation, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we'll discuss the first time we each of us tried to shake and the results. In my case, there was a little Jump bit of blood. Chair. <laughs> oh, I think everyone did. Yeah. All I know this is that is awful. Is, all I know is that mom gave me one of her like you know big lady leg shaving raisins. Said, "Here you go," and off I went, and out came the neosporin very soon after that. Yeah, with shaving cream or no shaving cream? Oh, well, no, they were saving. There was what my dad would ever buy from thrifty drugstore when that was still in existence. And it was something like Barbara's all extra foamy, that's half beard. You know, it's something, it, yeah. it's probably banned now, <laughs> so, but I slatted it up and we were going to get those four whiskers. <laughs> question for you, <laughs> Oh, can't wait. And then we're going to wrap this up because I don't like where this conversation is going. Yeah. Uh, All right. Like-
One question for Tim. Why don't you, when we have our, our Niners talk text, text message, why don't you text us back during game days, during like the actual game? What are you doing? What are you stressing. doing in, in your, I'm stressing in your, in your man cave? Usually pacing, usually sitting and being very, very, very tense. So do you actually, I'll relate a story yeah. to you on, on having watched many a game with my brother. So I came down for the NFC championship against the Packers and the Niners obviously during that game, and especially in the first half, literally ran away with it. My brother didn't say anything. He didn't move from the couch. He didn't say a word during the entire first half. I mean, the Niners were rolling. They had it. At, most of the first half, he was like, yeah. Yeah. He looks at it and he goes, that's the best first half I since since 1994. I'm like, oh, you speech. <laughs> so yes, that's that's what happens. He just he's he's tuned in. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I could put it. It's all right. So <laughs> if we were to rate ourselves, I would think Tim would be the, the most negative person. John is the most <laughs> optimistic person. Yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle of those two. So yeah. you're trying to bridge the gap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just say when Josh Johnson came in, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> so like, it's over. Give it up. Anyway, on that note, thank you, Josh Johnson, for being a Niner for just a little while. And we're going to wrap it up. But thanks for tuning in. And we're looking forward to having you listen to our next podcast where we're going over the season, 2023 season. So... Peace out, Niners Nation. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.